0: stand my ground throw these money trees go overseas like percy towel i make sure you stay around quiet when i'm under loud no negatives allowed me positivity took a vow i always play to win don't anticipate loss mind always in the clown my boy never think about the drop never ever ever think about the drop welcome to it sports fans it is the mkt show i'm mkt and i'm back in the mix so let me let me just address it straight away where was the podcast on monday why wasn't there a podcast um that that is actually going to need its own podcast to explain why there wasn't a podcast but let me just break it down quickly i had a hysterical in hindsight it was hysterical at the time it was a little bit frightening um i had a i had a food intake mistake let's call it that I ate something which I didn't know the contents of, so turned out to be a little bit like a sitcom, like a B-grade comedy in the end, Let me just say, on Sunday, when I usually record the podcast and on Monday, I was completely incapacitated, like completely incapacitated. It was insane. More on that on a different podcast, though. I'm back it's back, show's back, we're back, Backstreet's back, you know, most people don't know who Backstreet Boys are, I don't think, if you're listening to this, you probably don't know who the Backstreet Boys are, which is also cool, alright, what are we talking about today, we're going to talk about, our Arsenal are going to win the title, hmm, the Arsenal, Gunners. And then we'll have a mailbag and we'll get out of here. i try and make today half an hour or so. Not too long. I'm in Cape Town, South Africa. Cape Town. So I'm at the Cape Town Marathon this weekend. It's been interesting, back to back, sort of coming out of Otter African Trail Run. And now I'm in Cape Town. Cape Town, Cape Town. Cape Town's unbelievable. It's not Johannesburg as an economic city, but tell you what Cape Town for the summer are you kidding me so it's been good it's been good it's not even summer yet It's, it's kind of spring uh it's miserable it's miserable then great you know it's like a relationship you know what I mean it's miserable then great so miserable evenings sensational during the day if you know what I mean so relationships can be miserable and they can be terrific Cape Town Someone once said to me, Cape Town is meant to be treated like a mistress. You can't live with your mistress, but it's always exciting once in a while. Cape Town. All right, let's get in the show. Um, hell of a weekend, huh? Um, I mean, I guess we are in the middle of the week, but last weekend was flipping sensational. I was in Nature's Valley. At uh, the Otter Trail Run, which was fun. Incredibly fun. What a place. What a place. If you've got time, if you're looking to do something different, um, by yourself or with a romantic other, I would recommend uh, Tsitsigama or, or Nature's Valley. But but you, you would really need to be willing to, to unplug, you know. Because some people like to go on holiday but still have like a city feel With their holiday. None of that there. You are disconnected. I mean. You got electricity. Although we didn't have electricity for three days in Nature's Valley. But whatever. It's so beautiful there. It's. You kind of leave the whole city thing behind. You know. You you whinge a little bit for a day. Maybe the second day. And then. You're like. Oh my god. Look at this forest. Look at this well preserved land. That. Looks like a movie scene. Out of. I don't know, think of any epic, Game of Thrones, sort of, you know, Lord of the Rings kind of thing, absolutely incredible, nature's valley, worth exploring, and just incredible, just incredible, I I could retire there, yeah, I could retire there. absolutely incredible, after trail run, super fun. What a time to be alive! Some guy called well, I say some guy he's one of the elite mountain runners of all time, and currently I mean Rob Simpson from Scotland incredible this guy what a guy he won and um and a very cool lady called Bianca Tarbitton, who is the record holder for the Otter. Because um, it goes in two different directions, right? Uh, one year it goes from a place called Nature's Valley to Storm's River. And then the other year it goes from Storm's River to Nature's Valley. And so that's called the Otter direction, from Storm's River to Nature's Valley. And then the Reto is obviously, you know, it's called a palindrome. It's called a palindrome. It's backwards. It's the Otter backwards. Now, yeah. so... There's that. Otter, incredible. Absolutely incredible. I think if if you really want to enjoy yourself, though, again, you've got to make sure that you're willing to, to unplug. I can't say that enough. I can't say that enough. Um, yeah, I really do think... Yeah, that's about it, really. I think I've said my bit. So I'm just making sure I've t- I've sort of hit the talking points. All right, let's get into it. I'm still, by the way, the reason I was incapacitated, I'm still not feeling 100%. And it is Wednesday evening when I'm recording this uh, late Wednesday evening. So since Sunday, since Sunday about six o'clock i've been less than at a hundred percent but i'm starting to get all of my faculties back which is nice it felt more serious at the time and has become funny in hindsight as as i'm telling more people (laughs) and sort of finding out what happened to me (laughs) um I, i will do a podcast though i think it deserves its own podcast it'll It'll have to be a special podcast sometime. Because I can't actually mix it in with the show. And when I tell you. I don't even know if most people believe it. But eventually. Look a friend had to come over. And make sure I was okay. And I was okay in the end. But I, but it's three days later. And I'm still not feeling. I'm I'm at like 70%. I would say. But able to run at least. So. We can get that going. Okay, let's get into the show. Hope you're having a good week. I hope you haven't been tragically left for your your arch enemy by your loved one. You know, because it's not bad to get dumped. Like, like that's pretty bad. But it's even worse if it's for someone you don't like. like have you ever thought to yourself, Hmm, I think my partner likes that person. And then you're like, nah, you've just been jealous. You've been crazy. And then they leave you for that person. That's worse. That's double. You know what I mean? It's kind of like Ryan Giggs. Can you imagine being Ryan Giggs' brother, like his whole life? The one person who, I think his name's Roddy Giggs or whatever. Like his whole life, the one person who, who loved him more than Ryan beyond Ryan's achievements. And by the way, Ryan Giggs was at Man United since like 16, you know? He broke through at 16 at Man United. So, it's almost their whole lives Ryan's got all their attention. And then this Roddy Giggs probably thought, "Oh, I've got I've got myself somebody who sees me as not Ryan's brother, but as Roddy Giggs, you know, or Rodri Giggs or whatever his name is." And then Out of nowhere, boom. Orion Giggs had an affair with her for like 20 years or whatever. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Anyway, that's what I mean, you know. It's it's bad if your wife leaves you. Or your chick leaves you. But it's terrible if it's for, like... I I think it's worse if it's someone you hate than your brother. I've just thought about it. You know? Because one thing about being a guy is you can always lord it over someone if you're like i don't like that guy because immediately you think he's not as alpha as i am that's just how dudes think and don't let them lie to you but then if the lady chooses him it's like oh my word i'm worse than somebody i thought i was better than it's a big thing for dudes anyway i hope that hasn't happened to you it's a hypothetical situation if you're going through the trauma right now because your lady did leave you hey hard lines listen what did you do you know, no one, I, I always say this to people, is no one just cheats on anyone. No one just leaves people. It's like in the end, in the cold light of day, 90% of people are nice. Right. There's there's always 10% knobs. No one just cheats. No one just leaves people. It's like, what did you do? You know, there's enough blame to go around. At the end of the day, we all have to be adults and go, maybe I wasn't emotionally available. Maybe they, were, they wanted me to stop drinking four times a week. Maybe my mother's a horrible person. Or whatever, you know. People don't just leave. Like, especially if they like you, they don't just leave. It, it, it sort of, it spirals and you ignore them. And <laughs> there's, there's two great sayings for this one. All right. Number one, unmet needs will be met. Unmet needs will be met. The other one is, it's okay for somebody to watch your children. You don't want somebody watching your wife. You know what I mean? So you've got to make sure that you're playing your role. And if not, she'll leave you. She'll she'll leave you for Chris at the office. Who you always thought, he's a little chubby. He's got no chance. Oh well, her and Chris are off to Dubai now. Hypothetically. Okay, (laughs) Now, now we do need to get into the show. Because we're actually a sports show. Um, Great to be back. Great to be back. I'm going to France next week. Well, hopefully. I mean, this visa situation is hysterical. But I'm hoping, worst case scenario, I land on the Friday. Best case scenario, I land on the Wednesday. And I've got a couple of days to hang out in Paris before the semi-finals. Because we've got tickets for those and the final. I think the I think the box are gonna smash France. I think I think France didn't look great against a poor All Black team. And that All Blacks team, and it was the first game of the whole World Cup. Could have beaten France, by the way. If they were on the money. There were a couple of overlaps where the All Blacks didn't exploit them. I really think the Springboks are gonna put it on them. I think it could even be like a twenty point victory. The box have not played well this entire tournament. I think I don't know if they've announced the side yet, but I, I would play Pollard purely because there's nothing France can do to live with the physicality of South Africa. And penalties will be important. Scoreboard pressure will be important. That is something which the Springboks specialise in. So I see that being the one way and I'm I'm predicting twenty points. So like a 35-15 a vibe, you know, 30-10 kind of vibe. Because I didn't see what everybody seems to see with France. The All Blacks, or, or the New Zealand international rugby team, because this is not the All Blacks, were horrendous. And still could have beaten France if you watched that first game. If they had one or two cleverer players, if they had their first team, if they had Ritalic there, I think it would have been a different game. So I'm looking forward to being in France. Should be fun. Um, yeah, no big deal. I did message Brian at Banner today. Obviously Hall of Famer. So shout out to him. He's always been such a nice guy to me. Uh, I was producing two shows that he was on at Supersport. Such a nice guy. Such a nice dude. And just congratulated him on becoming Hall of Famer. So, you know, he, he he said hopefully they can do the right thing. It will be epic if they won and he got crowned and added to the Rugby World Cup Hall of Fame in the same weekend. So looking forward to it. Hopefully the box do. And if they don't, people said, what are you going to do there? I'm like, my sister lives there. I'm going to have a great time. I'm planning to be all around France. I'm going to be in Paris, Chamonix, Monaco, maybe Lyon. You know what? Maybe not Monaco and maybe Lyon. So... Got a couple of options while we're there. It's going to be incredible. It's going to be absolutely incredible being there. So, really looking forward to that. Box to Smash France. Don't really care about the other semis or, or quarterfinals. And either way, I'm going to both semi finals. It's going to be amazing. Amaze balls. Amaze balls. So, in Cape Town for Cape Town Marathon this weekend as well. That's going to be amazing. It's a. It is applying to be a world marathon major. That's going to be fun. Have a look on the line for that. Let's move on to something that's going on the Cricket World Cup. I haven't watched a single ball. I've got no real interest. If you know me, I've given up on limited overs cricket. However, I will say this, having seen all the scores, particularly in India, you don't need to play four bowlers. Like What's happened to innovation in cricket? Can I be honest with you? If I was the coach of a team, I would play nine specialist batsmen and two bowlers. Because we're in India, I'd play a Seema, and I wouldn't I wouldn't have like a specialist bowler like Gahi Ravada. I would have Marco Jansen at eleven and he's my specialist bowler, and the rest are just dolly bowlers. Like who who cares what the bowling is in today's age? Because What's the point of Gaghi Sorawad? He's still going to go at 7.5, 8 and over. Where you could play a medium pace dolly bowler. And he's going to go at 7.5, 8 and over anyway. So why not just play those guys and make sure you can bat to 9? Because the whole thing is to chase 375. So you should just go hard at 375 now. And money ball that they won't get there. It's basically, that's where we are like why do you why do teams still play three specialist bowlers it's ridiculous and i'm not talking about all-rounders here i want nine specialist batsmen right and your keeper has to be a specialist batsman you you can't have like a good keeper. there's no need you you can have the chubby kid from um the english chubby kid uh whatever his name is the guy who walked out of his crease and But they've got Josh Butler, right? So that's who you want. You want Quinton de Kock. Ideally, you'd want Adam Gilchrist. So that's what you need. Who cares about your wicking-keeping skills? Who cares about that? Can you bat and score a 160 strike rate? That's what it's about now. I don't know why people are still obsessed with playing specialist bowlers, uh, bowlers. There's no point because all they do is create... And prepare flat tracks. So, what's the point of trying to have Kaki Sorabara in your team? I I don't understand it. He's a test bowler, and then because bowlers make no difference in T20 cricket, I'm sorry. Like, unless you are Slinger Malinga, Lasith Malinga bowling those unhidable toe crushers, although even the toe crushers now, with the way the bats are made, the guys can still get them away, and now they they're scooping it, and they, you, you know, they're innovating three hundred and sixty thanks to Abidafilius and those guys. E- even the Yorker now is, you, you know, they'll walk down to it and catch it on the full. So th- the art of the Yorker is dead. It died with Malinga. I don't really see people bowling world class Yorkers. Why do you play specialist specialist bowlers? It's a liability. Play one specialist seamer. And if you're playing in Australia or South Africa or India or, or England, I would play two specialist bonus and nine specialist batsmen. Don't play all-rounders. All-rounders have no place in the game anymore. It's just about loading up on batting and trying to get to basically three, th- 375 and above. That's what i do. It sounds ridiculous. I'd love to hear what people think. MKT inspires MKT at the MKT show. I, I would do that. I would play nine specialist batsmen and two bowlers, and that's it. And, and my wicketkeeper is is a batsman who can hold the gloves. South Africa have a massive advantage here. To be honest with you, I don't know if you need Quinton de Kock and Klaassen. Like, I could get rid of Quinton de Kock, all right? And I know he made the 100 in the first innings, in the first game. But but if I've got Klaassen, why do I need Quinton de Kock? Then again, it's like having two specialist batsmen. So th- th- maybe that's a unique case, right? That they're, they're both. But but that's the situation you want. You want Quinton de Kock, who is really a batsman, an elite batsman who can keep. You you don't want an elite elite wicketkeeper. It, it doesn't matter if you drop three catches. Can the guy make me ninety of thirty five balls? That that's way more valuable than dropping two catches, and. and in one day cricket catches don't win matches anymore sixes do in test cricket high level test cricket where there's probably four teams in the world that can play five days of test cricket at the highest level anyway then it matters your keeper is going to lose you a series as you saw with the chubby man besto there so just my thoughts nine batsmen two bowlers screw the rest don't play gahi Sorabade. You, you don't need gahi Sorabade. He's useless in one-day cricket. He's useless in ODI cricket. It's not that he's useless as a bowler. It's the fact that the specialist has been removed from the game because the pitches are not a contest. It's not a contest anymore, particularly in India. So everybody, including the best bowler in the world, gahi Sorabade, including Cummins, are, are going to go for between six and a half and eight and over so why aren't you just loading up on batsmen because australia tried the loading up on all-rounders thing it doesn't make a difference it doesn't make a difference whether you're rawada or a part-timer markram is going to go for the same run rate as or rawada, honestly honestly that that's just that's what it is I, I don't know why people aren't willing to go for the nine specialist batsman thing love to hear what you think mkt inspires MKT at the MKT Show. MKT inspires. That's the Instagram. Slide in the DMs. You can have your message read on the show. All right. Let's get into the big news from the weekend. The Arsenal. Can Arsenal win the title? So, Arsenal beat Man City 1-0 at the Emirates. Uh, Gabriele Martinelli a Martinelli with the 86th minute winner he got the goal it wasn't an OG from good old Nathan Acker because it was on target Um, does this win the title after 8 matches? so Arsenal have played 8 won 6, lost 0 and drawn 2 16 goals goals scored 6 conceded which is tied first for the best defence in the league so the positive news for Arsenal, let's start with that. The positive news for Arsenal, the manager isn't king. So so Mikel Arteta is not the king of the club. That's what they've done brilliantly. Arsenal have managed to get rid of the rotten players. Pepe, Ozil, Kolosinac and Iwobi. Etc. Those types of guys, those second tier guys that were getting paid like first tier guys. And what's important about that is that it's quite clear that the director of football, Edu, is setting the vision for the club, right? So it's almost like, listen, here's the strategy, and Mikel Arteta's sort of plan is fitting into Edu's strategy, not the other way around. That That's really, really important that the sporting director is in charge. Because you know what that means is With Edu, now there's no favorites. Edu is going, is this guy fulfilling the vision? Yes. He stays. No. Get him out of here. Right? So Edu will support Arteta, but Arteta must fit the overall long-term vision that Edu is setting for the club. And that's very clear. That is happening. That is a positive for Arsenal. Arteta's being back long term, right? Saliba, Rice, Gabriel, Havertz, Timber, they're all under 25. And then he's gotten, gotten himself a ball-playing goalkeeper, David Raya, as they say in Spain. He a David. David Raya. He say, he's a goalkeeper. But all those guys, Saliba, Rice, Gabriel, Havertz, Timber, all under the age of 25. All powerful technical players. So it, it shows you. Arteta has said, guys, here's the types of guys I need within your vision, Edu. Can you get these guys? All right, Because they can play in a flexible system. 4-3-3, 3, three, three, four, three uh, four, one, two, one maybe. They can play with that, that formation, you know what I mean? So they can play in a 4-4-2. Four, four, they can play in a diamond. They're all very powerful, right? Arsenal haven't looked powerful since the late 90s, noughties, under Patrick Vieira, Parler, Grimondi. Gilberto, Arsenal haven't been a powerful team, but you, you see what they're building now. Timber, Rice, There's power there, Saliba, powerful. You saw how he handled Harvard. uh, uh Harland, excuse me, Gabriel. It's it's a powerful looking unit, first and foremost, and then he's got a bunch of clever guys in the midfield. There, and Fabio Vieira, he's got himself Udegaard. He, it's, it's a clever midfield as well so, but, but he's, he's got a powerful powerful core which I think is important is the positive news for Arsenal is they're building it inside out he's built the core before anything else David Raya, Gabriel, Saliba, Timber, Rice and Vieira that's the middle that's where you win football games your spine is where you win football games centre-backs holding back goalkeeper that's how you build championship winning teams Look at the Chelsea dynasties, the Manchester United dynasties, the Arsenal dynasties. The great Arsenal teams were known for what? 1-0 to the Arsenal. There's literally a chant called 1-0 to the Arsenal. The reason for that was Lee Dixon, Nigel Winterburn, Tony Adams, Martin Keown, Steve Bold and David Seaman. And then the second dynasty with Lehman Cola Torre, Saul Campbell, Ashley Cole, and Laurent, Gilberto in the holding midfield role. 1-0 right? to the Arsenal. 49 games unbeaten. Undefeated. The Invincibles. You build the core first. That's positive for Arsenal. Here's why they won't win the league, though. Here's the thing about guys who aren't used to getting the girl, Right? They do too much once they get the girl. You, you ever seen when the guy who it's his first time getting the girl? Now they've got to show you on Instagram. They've they got to show you on social media. All of a sudden, they're available for lunch with the guys. He's bringing the, the girlfriend to every lunch with the guys now. Like, bro, we're watching the football. Like, no one else, like everyone here has a girlfriend or whatever. No one's bringing their long-term partners to watch the football with the lads. What are you doing, Chief? Ah, I have to bring... Umere, no, bruh, you you don't. My man, I think we all know this guy. We all know this guy. He's insecure and he's overcompensating. Like he's got to put it in our face like he's the man now. Like, dog, it's fine. Like, we know you have a girl. You're doing too much. You're almost dating her for us now, not for yourself. That's what Arsenal felt like on Sunday. They celebrated like they'd won the treble after beating City. It's three points. Listen, you should be happy. But come on. For For the love of God, they've taken it too far. But this is what happens when people haven't been successful in a long time. Right? There's a sport saying, act like you've been there. And listen, Arsenal still haven't gotten over what cost them the title last year we'll see in january february can arsenal deliver when it's cold and it's raining and it's three games a week and it's christmas can they do that cuz last year it cost them and the other thing arsenal don't have is a striker and it matters and gabriel jesus has shown you now he's not that guy he's not that guy he's he's luis suarez work rate skills tenacity without the luis suarez goals though That's where Luis Suarez separated himself. And remember, Champions League showed you that Arsenal are still young and developing. The one thing about young people is they are inconsistent and Arsenal are still young and still developing. Lance beat them, by the way, in the Champions League, in case people forgot about that. You've got to commit on two major fronts. And if Arsenal make it through to the next round of the Champions League, December won't be easy, January won't be easy, February won't be easy, because they'll be looking forward to the return of the Champions League. FA Cup, what happens then? What's Who's the depth up front? Edin Ketia? Come on, man. You need a striker. And Arsenal don't have one. Forget about backup. Arsenal don't have a striker. Gabriel Jesus is not going to get you 20 goals in a league season. It's not going to happen. They're good. But I'm sorry. They're not good enough. They're good. They're a fun story. But it it let me know everything, what I saw there. It let me know everything. They, They really celebrated like they did something. And I just want to tell Arsenal fans, you haven't won anything. And I'm not a I'm not a hater. But I, I watched I watched most of that. And again, oh, towards the end of the game, let, let's just say I was I was in the fourth dimension, but I, I did watch the game. Um <laughs> I, saw, I saw enough. I saw enough to know what I need to see. Love to know what you think. Do you think Arsenal will win the league title at MKT inspires? Otherwise, MKT at the MKT show. Electronic mail. Electronic mail. All right, let's do the mailbag quick. And I've I've got an electronic mail here. I won't tell you what the guy's name is, but he's a Man United fan, and <laughs> it's quite funny. Um, and I don't. He uses an analogy in here, <laughs> which. I'm not sure whether he's joking or he's serious, which is why I'm not going to reveal his name. <laughs> but here we go. Um, Dear MKT, I'm writing to you today as a Manchester United fan who, uh, who is at his wit's end and hope you're ready to delve into the dark comedy that is my beloved Manchester United. I thought I'd drop you a line because, frankly, I need a good laugh in the midst of all this chaos. You always bring the humor, so I'm turning to you for a therapy session disguised as an email. So here goes nothing. I'm sitting here scratching my head wondering how Manchester United, the club that was once synonymous with success, has become the punchline of every football joke. It's like watching a never-ending tragic comedy where we're all stuck in the front row clutching our season tickets and crying into our scarves. Let's start with the season, shall we? Four losses in seven matches, three wins, conceding more goals than a sieve holds water and scoring fewer than I have fingers. For fuck's sake, even my eight-year-old daughter's hockey team has better stats and they're terrible. Then there's the drama off the pitch. Accusations of rape and abuse. Seriously, lads, could you not find a better hobby? And Greenwood and Anthony, come on, you're supposed to be professional footballers, not amateur drama queens. And what about Jaden Sancho? We dropped 70 million pounds on this guy and he's acting like he just won the lottery without even breaking a sweat on the pitch. He's like the kid who gets a new bike for Christmas and he leaves it in the garage to collect dust. Maybe he should try actually playing football. Just a thought. Now let's talk about the imminent departure of our savior, Ten Hag. The best coach we've had in ages and he could be sacked if he keeps losing. I don't want him to go, but if we lose two more games in the league, the pressure will be on. The English media will definitely crucify him, and it has started already, by the way. It's like finding out your favorite pizza place is closing down. What's next? A coaching staff consisting of a bunch of confused pigeons? (laughs) But here's the real kicker. Us fans. We're like that guy in a bad marriage who knows it's over, but is too afraid to start over again. We cling to the past glory like it's a security blanket. It's like my marriage. I know it's done, but my wife, in this case Manchester United, is still looking pretty. And I've got this history and a daughter that makes it too hard to walk away. Plus, I've got two properties and two cars, or in United's case, a rich history and a stadium. Starting over at 36 sounds about as appealing as Root Canal. Discussion for another day, probably with a therapist. So, as you can see, football is the only good thing I'm holding on to right now. Bloody hell. That is, until the season started. I watched the first home game against Wolves. Oh my God, I had no idea what I was watching. No synergy, no chemistry. The players had no idea how to keep the ball. Wolves was all over us. I could only see the yellow shirts. I swear to God, it's like that every game ever since Alex left. It feels like the other teams have more players than us, particularly in the midfield. The players' attitude and abysmal performance week in, week out is simply not acceptable. They need to wake up and realize that they're playing for Manchester United, one of the biggest clubs in the world. Oops, you see, there I go again in denial. We are not great. Alex Ferguson's Manchester United was great. We are, as you always say, who we are. This is Man United now, a mediocre club looking like a shadow of its former glories. So MKT, do us a favor, laugh with us, at us, hell, even swear with us, for fuck's sake. Because in these trying times, laughter is the only therapy we've got. Keep doing what you do best and hopefully one day we'll be able to laugh about the good times again. And by the way, I'm writing this email while watching the Seahawks and the Giants as I desperately try to find another sport that doesn't give me heartburn every time I watch it. (laughs) Even though I don't particularly understand American football, anything will do at this current juncture because football, bracket soccer, is going to be shite for me this season. Yours in football madness, a hopeful-ish Man United fan. I mean, what is this club doing to people? Hysterical for some of us, but I thought that was a great mail. And I, I'm not even going to respond to that mail. I just thought it was something, I thought it was hysterical to read. I really, really enjoyed it. Except the part where I'm not sure if his wife, him and his wife's marriage is actually on the brink. That's not ideal. But, c'est la vie. You know, very funny. So that's the kind of mail, you know, I'm happy to have an opinion on anything. I think Jaden Sancho is Jaden Sancho. And I hate to say I told you so, but I told you so about Jaden Sancho. If you listened while we were on YouTube, I said the Jaden Sancho thing ain't going to work. The problem with men, I always say, if you pay young men, or if you pay men in general, you, you affirm their behavior. It's very easy to discipline a man while he's making his way up. Once you pay him and he has the money, forget it. He's gone. James Sancho is gone. You're not getting him back. He's, he's wealthy. And now when you get wealth, you surround yourself with more people that just tell you you're the man. Especially in the modern day. Because you can't coach hard now. The players have all the power. The players have all the power. Listen, I hope you guys have the time of your lives. Whatever you're doing, I will be back. The uh, show will be back on Monday and um we'll keep rolling you know i'm getting back to where i need to be i will definitely record a podcast in the next few weeks maybe when i'm in france to tell you the story of why i was incapacitated and why there wasn't a podcast on monday um please do leave a rating for the podcast you know what i mean probably driving to work right now listening to this if you listen with your girlfriend like I, i know some people do uh their girlfriends hate this podcast I have two. I have one friend in particular. His girlfriend hates this podcast. Hates it. I'm like, oh, okay. She doesn't have to listen. But but like, like, what am I supposed to do? I'm a dude. This is how I'm talking. I hate to break it to people. A lot of dudes think the way I talk. It's just that most people have consequences. You know, like, yeah. And even then, like. What are the real consequences? You're going to break up with him. So what? You'll get another girlfriend. Or boyfriend, by the way. It's 2023. Just be open-minded, people. Be open-minded to the possibilities. Don't leave out half the market. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, my name is MKT. This has been The MKT Show. And for now, I am the hell. Out of here. Thank you.